in this instance and in many of the instances where you find yourself you're holding space with nature using music as the device to hold space with people at the same time yes that's... in a sort of shamanic way you know I suppose you're right yes I hadn't really thought of the idea of holding space but that is what what we do what I'm doing yeah yes. exactly and I because I think there's something we talked about this before there's something amazingly interesting about immediate music about improvising mm. you know about about the music warts and all that comes just without thinking mm. just right straight away you know mm-hmm. and um, it it has a different energy to anything that you recreate um, and actually when I'm learning when I'm sort of relearning my set for performance and stuff I'm always I'm sure you are trying to get back to that initial magic yeah. of that moment when it yeah. all first came together Hey everybody and welcome to Tapping the Flow with me your man Stephen William Hodd um, you just heard the voice of a very good friend of mine, Francis Shelley, who I feel I know a lot more now than I did over the past 20 years. Um, I met I met Francis at a party of my uncle's, I think, or there or thereabouts, probably 20, 25 years ago, losing track of that. Um, I don't particularly remember too much about those days, uh, probably putting too many drinks away, I'd imagine. Um, being a bit reckless at that age. But I tell you what, I've made some phenomenally amazing friends through this period of time. And getting to know them now has been just brilliant. I mean, Frances is, Jesus, she's amazing. She um, she totally epitomizes exactly what I've been trying to reach in this podcast, which is the, the ability and the desire to reach into nature and draw from nature through improvised music that people can respond to. And, and it, it only happens once in that split second and it's gone. Um, and, and in this podcast, we're speaking about some interesting ways of achieving this, such as a solar-powered piano uh, that is um, assembled in nature, carried out to nature, assembled there, and then people come and they sit down and a song is created, drawing from the reeds of the river or the trees or something like that. Um, and it's, I'm sure, I've never been to one of these things. I, I, I think it must be an amazing experience because I, I love the idea of giving nature a voice in such a way. Um, and Francis is also involved in a project with a, a sound artist named Matthew Bickerton. The project is called Piano Field, and they do some, wow, wacky and brilliantly inventive things, converting the sound of the wind into beats and stuff, and then Francis will improvise over the top. She composes beautiful melodies, beautiful stuff, minimalist compositions, but she also incorporates sound design elements using Ableton Live, and modern technology to infuse that with some weird and powerful subterranean sounds. So, listen, this is this is going to be a beautiful one. It's very, very nice. There are birds chirping their way through the whole thing. But I like to think that that's nature going, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm part of this, I, I want to be there. Uh, and I loved it. I'm, I'm just going to play a little bit of Francis' music for you and then we'll away we shall go with our in-depth dive into the world of Francis Shelley. Thanks for tapping the flow and here is some music.
have two cups of tea a day, and uh, yeah, and I can't uh, do without them. Terrible thing, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's wonderful. You know, I have to be honest. Every single podcast I've done so far has started with. Tea. I'm sure. Yeah, actually, I listened to a couple, and I I heard that. That's nice. We. We like to talk about tea. I drink green tea, actually white tea. I can't even handle green tea anymore. Yeah, I'm just you a said white that. tea drinker. What, what do you mean by white yeah. tea? Black tea? No, it's so it's not. It's like green tea, but it's I don't know what they've done. They haven't harvested it in the same way, so it's not as tannic as green tea. Oh, and, and you can drink it all day long, and it doesn't make you lose sleep and stuff like that. Has it got? Is it uncaffeinated then? Uh, it's got a little bit of caffeine in it, but much less. It's the most um, antioxidant-rich tea you can get. Really? Yeah, I mean, my days of drinking are over, you know, so I know that. I've got a, I've got to sort of sate my tongue in some way. Yeah. And tea does oh, I'd better yeah. look into that because um, I've been... And then I've been drinking a lot of rooibos tea, which uh-huh. is kind of fine because it's got no caffeine, but it's got masses of tannin, and my tea strainer because I don't use tea bags because did you know they're covered in plastic which I have heard that you know so I've been using a tea strainer but it's totally gone black you know in a week so I think uh, white tea might thank you very much I'll I'll look at yeah do it get yourself some nice white tea you won't regret it I mean the stuff about tannin whatever is on the cup there's more of it inside your body exactly it's a horrible idea Mm. horrible stuff yeah. yeah um what Thank you so much for talking to me. It's really exciting for me to talk to you because you are doing exactly what I set out with this podcast to sort of uncover, and that is you're communing with nature and you're converting it into music so other people can sort of hear nature's voice. At least that's my reading of it. Oh, that's is that, so nice. Is that, is that how you feel about it yourself? Well, um, I love it when people like you say things like that because that sort of puts it uh, in a really nice perspective and that that is a lovely... Thing that you understand it like that, um, mm-hmm. but I don't set out to deliberately do that. I have to say, but I just think it's something I've always done. You know, mm-hmm. I've always been uh, completely. I don't know. I just loved being in nature, and um, I used to go for long walks. It's funny, really, remembering it. But, um, you know, I remember when I was Mm. six and seven, I was allowed to go for long walks in the country by myself. We lived in the countryside. I don't know if, you know, if you'd be able to do that these days. But um, it was quite a strange thing to do looking back at that young age, you know. But I just felt, uh, I've always felt just a great connection with nature. And I just felt, felt, I just felt better when I was in it, basically. Yeah, you you have a natural uh, affinity with nature in some way. Is what going to your childhood actually is an interesting one. Um, are you from a musical family? No, not at all. Well, actually, right. they are musical. My both my parents uh, used to sing in church absolutely beautifully and um, had beautiful voices. And my father played the uh, mouth organ in the navy. You know, so occasionally he would. Wow. bring that out after dinner that was lovely but um they very much considered music as a, like a, the last thing on the list and we never we didn't have a record player or anything there was never music in the house um mm-hmm. so which might have been why i was so um entranced by the first time i heard a, a piano 
played uh, mm-hmm. at my village school. You know, just thought it was this magical thing. And then I badgered my poor parents to get me a piano. And, um, and they got me this old upright, which we put in the nursery. And um, it was just like, I was, I was just completely in love with it from the word go. How old were you? So that was about six. Um, yeah. And then an amazing thing happened, which in retrospect, I think really did change my life. Um, was I uh, was left a gorgeous John Broadwood grand piano by a wonderful great aunt in Scotland who I hardly knew, but I'd met her a couple of times. And wow. um, she'd heard me play and she I mean you know I wasn't playing anything special that well actually I was already playing my my compositions because I always felt uh, that was easier than learning stuff you know um, anyway so she 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 died Aunt Joey and sent down this beautiful grand piano which was in- wow. incredible you know I couldn't believe what was happening really and I've still got that yeah. piano I've got it here and um, it's in the priory. It's yeah. in the priory. It's looking a bit beaten up. I must get it. I'm hoping to get it done up. But it's a beautiful piano. Yeah. I love it so much. So did you uh, learn by ear, or did you have lessons? And uh, learned by ear to start with for you know probably a couple of years, and then and then I started having lessons. I think about nine or ten, um, mm. and. I had a really nice teacher, Mrs. Simpson, um, but it was all. And then I went to a, a at my boarding school. The only nice thing about it was uh, my music teacher, Miss Mountain. So I, I really remember them. You know, there were such influences in my life. Yeah. But having said that, it was all about um, learning the classics. You know, and it was. It was heavily frowned upon to make up your own tunes. You know, that was like in those days, <laughs> that was considered yeah. uh, very prideful and... Um, Entitled in some way, I guess, to step outside of the already perfect means of learning. Yes, absolutely. And who do you think you are that you can make up yeah. stuff? You know, um, you don't know anything. So that was... But you did mm-hmm. compose your own... You did compose your own tunes from an early age. Yes, from ages. I can I can still remember yeah. the first one I used to play all the time. I thought it was wonderful. It was sort of a waltz, you know, lots of triads. But um, yeah. it was quicker than, than learning all those notes. You know, I think at that stage... In, in any any child's life, you're already, or I certainly was, sort of quite overwhelmed with learning numbers, uh, learning to read uh, letters mm. and words and all that stuff, and then to be presented with a whole lot of different squiggles on a page that have got to mean something, it was just like, oh, it takes too long, it's too difficult. Um, and yeah. so I did learn, you know, I did go on to, to be able to, read music um mm-hmm. but to start with it was just way more fun and quicker to make up your own tunes i'm sure you're the same aren't you 
I feel very similar to that. I think I, I taught myself to play the piano because my ear was able to just put the notes at my fingertips exactly. so I could figure out where stuff was. Exactly. Um, but the idea of learning my own songs or writing my own songs, I prefer that because I don't want to tell somebody else's story. Yeah, and that too. My, you know, it's that, it's that sort of connection with what's inside of you. You do have to learn the structures of things and how they work to be able to get better at what you do. Mm. But no voice will be as authentic as your own voice. And it's this constant chasing of what one's own voice that I'm, I'm certainly after all the time. Exactly. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> I think you, know? you have. I think you've often hit upon it. Um, right. I hear it Thanks. in your music. Absolutely. But I agree, that's the whole point. Is your, The point of playing is to try and... I don't know, get closer to something, which is probably your your inner core yeah. thing. Only you can be you. you yeah. know? That's, that's just the way it is. And if you're being true to yourself, which you are, uh, you've been making music a long time now, but it sounds like the music you're making now is coming from somewhere that originated a long, long time ago and you went through many phases to get to that point. Yeah, well, you've, uh, we've known each other, not that well, but we've known each other for quite a while. And I think yeah. probably when we first met, uh, was I writing songs? I think I probably was. You were singing, singing. and writing songs, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which I mean, I, I love songwriting. I just wish I had a, a better voice. <laughs> I, right. I then, um, I then, you know, and I do, I probably, it's something actually I still want to uh, have another go at in a completely different way. I've got a few ideas. But... Um, you know, now with the use of electronics and stuff, I think I can probably make myself sound amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, I was, I was feeling my way and I was into um, sort of... Um, I tried to be into jazz for a long time because I, I think that's an exceptional top-end kind of music. Um, yeah. But my real affinity and my I don't know if you call it skill but my you know where I belong is is where I started you're absolutely right just fiddling about on the piano making up tunes and mm -hmm. um, and that's what I've come back to in this last album that I've made and um, what I feel is is my the easiest most authentic way of expressing myself I suppose you could say Tell me about the album. It's called A Place That Exists. Why is it called that? Well, um, I don't know about you, but I, I always spend a lot of time thinking about the title of uh, the album. I don't know, it doesn't seem to... It doesn't come until... I mean, I wrote all the music and then I listened to it and then I tried to find out what it was all about that's the sort of way around I do things rather than I don't start with a concept and mm. you know be much more organised I'm sure and easier mm. if I did but basically so I listened to it and um, it was very much inspired by Scotland where I go a lot, my mum lives up there and uh, I've always spent a lot of time up there and it was inspired by those amazing, wild, open spaces um, that you you get up there. Um, but I also, so I and I sort of find that when I'm 
in the middle of my busy life and I don't know, stuck in a traffic jam or something or getting um, really annoyed about something, overwhelmed or in a hurry. If you, if I just think about one of those amazing places, put it in my mind and imagine it, and just maybe close my eyes for a minute, if that's possible. Um, that's that really, really calms me down and gives me a wonderful feeling of oh, it's all right, you know, uh, of of like what's really important and things like that. Yeah. So, um, I I wanted to suggest in the title that. It's not just about the places, it's about the connection between those amazing places and a similar place that exists within the, mm. the human soul. This is meditational almost that you're describing that, that in meditation you find a place within yourself that is exactly that encompasses everything, that doesn't need anything, it's, it, it's always there. Yeah, exactly that. And, um, and, that's, and, the, and that's what I kind of mean by the by the by suggest you know it can mean whatever you like but for me that's what it means place that exists I, I love that meaning i have a place like that in ireland called howling ridge which is a ridge on the northeast face of carantool it's not a very safe place to be it's quite dangerous but that's always my safe place How, howling ridge around, howling ridge that's fantastic so-called because a mountaineer in County Kerry um, climbed up it and left his dog at the bottom and the dog was howling at him all the time. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's so nice. Huh. So it's called that, but that's my special place. Like, if anything ever goes wrong, I can put myself there and I'm completely calm. Yeah, it really helps, doesn't yeah. it? Well, there's this... Um, the the um, Actually, it's the picture on the front of my album. Um, yes, it's a lovely picture. Is, um, which I took... Uh, and that my howling moor is a place called Braco Moor, and um, right. B R A C O. And it's you just. Uh, I usually drive up to Scotland, so it's a, such a long drive. Sometimes ten hours or yeah. something. So you're sitting in the car, yeah. you're like feeling like an absolute bit of the machine. And then yeah. um, this Braco Moor is just before the village that I go and stay in, and it's. Um, so I stop there and you get out of the car and you close the door and you switch off the engine and suddenly there's all this peace and this open space and just a, mm-hmm. you know a few a few grouse or something and uh, the rippling river at the bottom of the valley it's just beautiful so yeah. yeah that's what this is about I hear that in your music I hear so much tranquility but there's there's also something Particularly one song, actually, Look Up, I think I mentioned that to you, mm. that there is a, there's a subterranean sound going on there. What, what inspired that? Oh, uh, that's that uh, track, let me think. Um, well, yeah, that was actually written in, in Dalston, which is somewhere you know well, don't you? Yeah, um, OK. And um, I was staying there and uh, had my my keyboard in the flat and uh, I was walking doing a lot of walking on the canal which is right by my flat and um, mm-hmm. yeah and I I thought you know you're always looking at the pavement and the street and looking out for cars and stuff but if you look up you know it's a different matter and you're suddenly in the sky yeah. you could be anywhere and um mm. 
I can't remember what the actual subterranean sound that you're talking about is. It's probably something in yeah, atmosphere or something like that. It's a it's a it's an interesting one because when I moved from Ireland to to London, I found my gentle music was being infiltrated by the sounds of the city. And this is almost I was going to ask you had you spent time in a city because mm. that to me is is the tranquility being sort of um intercepted or interrupted by some other industrial sound. Right. You know? I see. And that's nice. Um yeah. I think um I don't know. I love being in the city, well, for a very short time. I'm getting less and less loving being in the city, mm. I must say. But it's, it does wake me up and it is good for me and it is exciting. Um, but I think it's good to remember that all the... For me, it helps to remember that the sky and the birds and the trees and the wind and the rain, it's all still there, you know. It's all still mm. there in the city. Um, if if you just take a look for it. I yeah. I mean, urban foxes are one of my favourite <laughs> creatures, you know. They're in, in, an incredible, hard and unloved thing for some reason. They seem to be considered vermin in the city, but I think they're fantastic. Somnambulant creatures that wander the streets at night time. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. I've always been into the concept of, like, nature taking back the city. I, I love, like, buildings that are being pulled back into the earth exactly branches and ivy and stuff like that oh i know it's wonderful to see how powerful nature is isn't it and it would just um i know give it five minutes and it would just tear all over our cities and our buildings and and, and show us who's master yeah yeah until we sort of get our cars up and running again and start destroying yeah um so with your with your album this is your third album in the, in the it piano is, sort yeah. of world? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, you're, publi- you're published now. You got published recently. I'm or now just an old published. Thing? I'm now a published composer. What a good feeling. Which is Congratulations. Good, I mean, <laughs> they are, um, you know, this last album, I, I, I haven't made an album for about 10 years. I've had a real gap because mm. I got into, well, actually, there's lots of reasons. I was asked this the other day. Um, where to start I actually got quite sort of negative about the whole music business and what's the point and and also mm. you know there's so much fabulous music out there the world does not need any more of mine and that kind of thinking which I now recognise as, as you know quite dangerous thinking for me anyway and um, but that's really what happened and then I um Due to the dangerous thinking, probably, I got chronic fatigue, um, which sort of came up on me quite gradually. And 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 then, you know, I went to hundreds of doctors and alternative and real doctors and everybody. And and then in the end, you just think, oh, well, I'm I'm getting old, you know, after. (laughs) But it was more than that. You know, it was it was really terrible and I um, would love people to know people who have it because it's very common um, Mm -hmm. you know that you can recover and I was so fortunate to find something called the lightning process which you may have heard of which um, well anyway is a guy called Phil Parker and he it's basically 
um, a process whereby you learn to catch your negative thinking. This is a very simple way of putting it, okay? There's quite a lot more involved. Um, although it is simple, really. You, it's just the amazing power of your thoughts on your physical body. I had no idea that that could be the cause of my aching bones and my inability to... I mean, get out of bed, my ability to sleep as well, and gen yeah. general sort of gloom. Um, and I've always been quite a positive person, so it wasn't like I'm depressed. Um, mm. But there, I think there's a lot of layers of thought, and there are these subliminal, uh, really damaging thought patterns that we can hold um, that tell mm. us we haven't done enough and we really should have done mm. more and you know I'm sure you're familiar with that mm. uh, line of thinking and it's hard to recognize really especially if you're a sort of person who pushes themselves to do stuff all the time so um, anyway that's that's kind of a whole nother podcast maybe but um, I'm actually very interested in that because I, because uh, there's obviously different levels of feeling like that as well, isn't it? It's like you could could sort of be tired all the time, yeah, and not know why, yeah. Um, and I think that we we obviously we're talking about reacting to our environment, but our way of thinking is also our environment. And You're right. Nobody, nobody is as cruel to us as we are to ourselves. <laughs> we wouldn't speak to anybody like we speak to ourselves. That's the thing. And. Let's recognise that and, and then sort of accept that it's possible to move forward from that. And I think that I, I'd love to know how to move forward from that. And I think a lot of people would. Mm. So if you'd like to go into it and, and maybe speak about your album in the healing light that it obviously has. Right. OK, well, nice to know um, about the about the recovery from ME. Um, it's interesting that uh, with this process, you use your actual physical body um, and he talks about the importance of um, posture for example and how impossible it is to um, if you if you like crouch down and lean over and, and huddle forwards and cross your arms and stuff try doing that and saying I feel amazing and powerful or wonderful <laughs> you just can't do it you know you just can't do it and equally you yeah. can't go I feel terrible, you know, it just, yeah, yeah, it just doesn't yeah. work. Um, so um, that was very interesting. So you do in this, I mean, there's a book, which I highly recommend with a really, I think, terrible title of Get the Life You Love Now. Anyway, oh you know, yeah, it's okay. one of those ones <laughs> you would perhaps not, not think that was the best title anyway, but it's brilliant. And um mm -hmm. You do, you know, he teaches you to do all sorts of really insane sounding things like jump in the air and um, physically cast your thoughts into the ground for recycling, turn in a different direction, jump in the air going, I'm amazing, my life's amazing with your arms up. And, you know, stupid things like that, that at first yeah. everybody thinks, well, first of all, everybody thinks, oh, don't tell me it's all in my head, for God's sake, you know, uh, this is a real physical problem but then um, you know if you just follow these steps you'll, you'll feel loads better whether you've got any or you're just feeling a bit gloomy one day you know I, I really recommend mm -hmm. it and what helped me I think a lot was hearing um, that thing well you probably know it but it never really occurred to me that if you think about 
you know, to show us how important, our, how powerful our thoughts are on our physical body. If you think about a lemon, and you imagine, close your eyes, imagine yourself slicing a lemon, picking up half of it, and squeezing it into your mouth. If you do that slowly enough with your eyes closed, what happens? You know, your mouth fills up with saliva, probably, doesn't it? So that's a yeah, in- there's a response, instant yeah. physical response, you know. So really, I think our our brains and our body are all one thing, and um, and our heart, of course. Mm. And I think that our thoughts can be considered like a pharmaceutical factory, you know, producing well producing little tiny. Um, drugs and things that change our body mm. so i think it mm-hmm. uh, being conscious and aware of our thoughts which is you know back to meditation also obviously a huge mm. part of this um it's just way more important than i had realized before you know mm-hmm. and how how everything is one yeah exactly mm. and then what would you ask me to talk about how the music came out of all this yeah well well the music has stemmed from your recovery hasn't it essentially? this album has yes and yeah. very much so. And uh, the amazing thing was throughout all this uh, period of illness, um, the one thing I did know, and the one thing through other periods of you know, shit times, uh, the one thing I do mm-hmm. absolutely know is that if I play, I feel better. And that's actually why I played in the first place. It was more mm-hmm. of a therapeutic thing for me. And, um, well, I mean, all my life, I, I just have noticed that uh, if I play, I feel better. It's, it's extremely simple. So through <clears throat> throughout being ill, I always played and I um, quite often hit record. And then, you know, in those times, I could somehow be in a different space in my in in my head and um, sort of access. I did a lot of that thinking about those fabulous places um, and bringing that into my mind and consequently into my playing, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't quite worked it all out, frankly. I haven't, you know, really analysed quite how it all happened, but um, I think... Something like that, and I think it's all very connected. Yeah. Do you find that um, when you're composing something that you allow it to manifest rather than chase it? Yeah, well, that's when you get the good ones, isn't it? As I'm sure you, as you obviously know. Yeah, exactly. Um, But as... um, Who is that lovely... Girl, you interviewed on your podcast. Ah, guitar. Yeah, she Gita she Gita was very yeah. interesting, and she said, um, "I loved her podcast and the, talking about you know chasing the thing. Sometimes they do just happen, and yeah. bingo, that was a piece of cake. It took me three minutes, and that's that track done. You know, yeah. and yeah. Um, and other times you've got to." fiddle about. You've got to look for it, and the thing I have found most challenging is that looking for it, that the ones you have to hunt down, as it were. But it's worth it. Um, but I've this is kind of a new skill to me. Uh, originally, my first two albums, I just 
played and that was it. I didn't edit at all and it was just yeah. stream of consciousness um, how it was for me at that moment, you know. And um, obviously I didn't put the duds on the album. <laughs> but there were enough sure. there were enough that were just, you know, fine as they were. But um, now I'm using a lot more electronics and Ableton and this and that. Um, when you get over being overwhelmed by the possibilities, of course, of what, what mm-hmm. can be done, um, I'm learning how to actually, which I'm enjoying, have faith, have more faith in my initial um, outpourings and turn them into, uh, is the craft, you know, turn them into something I'm really... Mm. That I'm really in love with, and, and that's um, that's sort of yeah. quite relatively new for me. And I've done it in, with this album. I mean, new, you know, in the last few years. Yeah. Um, and I used to think it was. Um, I, used, I don't know. I used to think you shouldn't need to have to do that, but actually, I quite enjoy it because it's sort of like some part of me is going, oh, she thinks um, she thinks I'm worth spending time on. That's great, you know, and that. That makes me feel good too. There's the healing part again, isn't there? Because your confidence is is, is being moved forwards by not only being creative in the moment of creation, but in, in the afterthought, in the in the sort of I describe it as like throwing paint at a canvas, you know. Mm. Uh, and then embellishing that with like deft touches to bring it even further forwards in a way. And you're trusting yourself, you're you're being kind to yourself and you're allowing yourself to know that you can be creative in music production as well as in music creation. Yeah. Exactly, it's 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 exactly it, and it's new, and it feels good. I'm I'm enjoying it. It's kind of hard yeah. work, but I'm kind of enjoying. It. I mean, you know, I'm sure you experience that that uh, push pull thing with your music. You know, it's so much oh. easier to just not do it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's to and fro with me. I could spend a long time making something very very acoustic, and then I'm like, okay, that's brilliant, and that's the voice looking inward. But what about looking outward? Which is then being creative with musical production. Yeah. And I love it. I, 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 in fact, today I'm going to do a little video of a song that's quite crazy compared to my normal acoustic stuff. Because I'm speaking to you, and you're quite inspiring in that way, that you've, you know, you're working with, with technology, you're incorporating it in a very natural, flowing way. Thank you. And I know when I spoke to you a few years ago, you were quite intimidated by it, but since you've been working with uh, Matthew Bickerton, right? In yeah. The piano field, he's helped obviously, me so much, yeah. He has helped you, yeah. Yeah. He's he's amazing, and um, yeah, I mean I've been so helped and inspired and moved forward by by so many people, and actually that's what I wanted to say as well that I think um, I, I'm a real uh, well I've part of me is a real loner you know and I'd like and also a bit of a control freak and I so I mm-hmm. so. I love the idea of just being here in my studio. I can do it all, and I'll just make something, and then I'll give it to you, you know. But um, what I've also learned over the last few years is that collaboration and sharing and, oh, you know, just playing it to other people, getting opinions and stuff, so moves me forward. It's absolutely wonderful. And I think unless I'd... um, about the album really if I hadn't played it played the music or bits of it to um, several of the musicians that I had playing here at Butley Priory um, 
and them being really encouraging, particularly Lubomir Melnik. I don't know if you know who he is. He's, he's, he's a one-off. Look him up. He's an incredible pianist. He does something called um, continuous piano playing. Anyway, he's, uh-huh. he's completely brilliant. He plays billions of notes. Um, and he's about... He's over 70 now um, and lives in Sweden. Anyway, he's... he's I met him at Latitude and I just mm. thought he was, he is amazing. And I invited him to come and play here. Uh, and um, he's been a couple of times now. And every time, whenever he's come, you know, after the concert and stuff, we sit, after supper, we sit by the fire. And a couple of times played him a couple of my things. And he's just sort of gone on and on. Francis, you have to make this into an album. Francis, you have to share this with the world and stuff. And, you know, just that is just so amazingly helpful. Um, mm-hmm. And made me think, well, well, okay, maybe I could, you know. And then, and then you get that little spark of feeling excited about having a project. And mm. uh, so that's what happened. And then I sent it to... Well, hardly anybody actually, but I sent it to Manners McDade, and um, amazingly, they they came back and said they love it and they play it a lot in the office. Everybody loves it, and let's talk. So you know that's been cool. that's been that sort of validation is enormously helpful if you're somebody who's been doing it on their own for so long. You know, not really. Tr- I know. I haven't been trying to get anywhere. Uh, yeah. with it really because I didn't really think it was worth it so you've really got your stuff together now though I mean you. you're you, you're, you're like you've been doing obviously you, you did you want a career in music was that something you always wanted? I think I didn't I didn't dare want it do you know what I mean you know yeah. I didn't didn't dare want it for fear of the disappointment but so some part of you wanted it, yeah. but you were also protecting that part. Exactly. In some ways. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I know the feeling you have to put yourself out there, but obviously now these days, how you put yourself out there is different. Uh, and you've nailed that with your Instagram profile, which is oh, a wonderful, it's a wonderful snapshot of your, your existence and how you see the world. And I think your brand, if we can use that word, is quite strong in that regard. I do. Everything supports the music. You put a lot of work into your Instagram, right? Well, work, play. I don't... I don't. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoy... I love taking pictures and videos. Yeah. So, you know, that's all part of it. And then Instagram came along, and it's a golden way for me to share that with people. But, yeah, so the yeah. back to this whole sharing thing and not being so... Uh, locked in um, mm. it, the whole thing is, has been amazing but I'm glad to see you're on Instagram at last have you only been there recently or you don't spend a lot of time on it or what um, I, this is a recent thing for me I've not been into social media at all ah. um, and it's just I've been almost asleep at the wheel and I'm tired of being asleep at the wheel mm. uh, like I got a publishing deal just at the end of last year great myself did you um, and, yeah, it feels good. You know, it's a nice thing, mm. but that's not the only bit you need. You need to put yourself out there. And out of all the social media networks, Instagram is the interesting one because for me, a picture in combination with a sentence or a lyric or a word is incredibly powerful. Yeah. And it, I love the platform. Yeah. Well, you're looking great on it as well. And I'm so happy to, getting there. to see you. Get, more. Yeah. I'm getting there. Oh, yeah, you will. I think, You'll love it. Yeah. Um, it's. 
I, I think I'm a lifer like you are. You know, I'm in this for the long haul. It seems to be what I do. It's a wonderful burden at times to be a songwriter, you know. Mm. Um, shining that light inside is quite tough, you know. Uh, mm. So I, I am, I'm very keen to actually take my music to places and try to draw from the earth some sort of conversation, at least to inspire a dialogue about how the earth is suffering now mm. at the hands of us humans. Good, oh, yeah. And, and, and I feel that your music does that in many ways. And the videos as well. There's a video for Thor mm. that I watched this morning. And there's something about the ocean, the power of the ocean, the, oh, it's... the humongous sort of like the beautiful... It's like a paintbrush, isn't it? Yeah. It's like throwing paint. What was the... What was the thinking behind the video? Was it uh, an open collaboration again? It or? was just an open collaboration, and he, uh, Ron Wyman, um, who's an American friend of mine with a, a company called Zero Gravity Films, and yeah. he's made some incredible, beautiful films, mostly about musicians. Um, there's this amazing guy called Tunde. Um, anyway, he showed me that, that video... Um, and I just had it in my mind, and I th thought it was so beautiful. Um, and then actually the music, uh, and then I suddenly realised that's absolutely perfect with that film mm. Thor. And Thor is, and the sea, it's like, for me in my mind, that's all about, you know, ice cap melting and um, the the whole environmental hideous problem that we're, mm. that we're all contributing to unless we're very careful and conscious, you know, and I'm, I'm like so uh, passionate about the fact that we wake up, we've got to wake up faster to this, really fast, you know. Um, yeah. Factory farming and all that stuff, it just has to stop oh. right now, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's way worse than, um, well, anyway, this, this is my big big thing I think it's it's way worse than all the travel and uh, causes more problems and plus oh, you know plus that not to mention the pandemics have all been caused by animal um, you know totally. abuse um, yeah, yeah in the last few there's this incredible guy called Earthling Ed have you come across him? oh yeah we know Earthling do Ed do you yeah. Yeah. I love him yeah, well yeah he's got a cafe in, in Dalston actually in in uh, is it in Dalston has he Yes, it's, uh, where is it? What's it called? No, it's in Islington. Oh. I'll give you the details. Yes, I, I must go, yeah. Off the top of my head. yeah. I so love him, and I think he's doing just such an amazing job going around, mm. particularly schools and um, mm -hmm. universities and stuff, and, and making people think, you know. Yeah. It's great. There's, there are a few people doing that. It's, it's all, To me, the sort of thing is I want to wake up with my eyes wide open. I don't want to wake up by being slapped in the face. And it's like, this is this is how I feel about it. Because a lot of people are going to get a rude awakening by being, you know, wake up, wake up, wake up. Mm. And it's too late at that point, you know. We need to make the change now. Yes, I can. see what you mean, yes. Go, we do. Um, yeah. the, the sad thing is, obviously, since the coronavirus brought down the emissions that we were causing, they came down a lot because of, we couldn't travel. Mm. But that's going back up again. So It will. That is obviously one part of the problem. Like I say, factory farming and all of that stuff is hideous. Is it? To treat something that is alive like that is oh, ridiculous. It's just so awful. It, it makes you know. me so... It keeps me awake at night. It's terrible. Um, yeah. And I wish that I could think of some way of using my music more in that um, mm -hmm. maybe my next album or something. Um, yeah. Um, which I'm... 
obviously already working on. Actually, yeah, I had a, I think I'm going to call it, um, I told you I don't, don't usually think of the title first, but funnily enough, I um, thought of the word anima, which I didn't really know what it... You're an animist. I'm an animist, right. but I didn't know there was a no, word, no. anima, which... Um, mm -hmm is apparently the soul of everything like the if mm. you look it up it means the soul of every living thing like the trees mm. and plants and wow. and the animals and ourselves because in my mind we're all the same thing it's just different uh, manifestations of the same energy um yeah. so i like that idea that's a great title actually that's so that's a called a working title now you've got yeah. that you can sort of go okay i'm inspired in such a way yeah that's big big I think you're onto something there. Do you? You've got to do it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, there again, you see, it's good to share these things, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, be, be, being an animist, um, I think it's a, it's a it's a, an important way of grounding yourself as well, isn't it? You know, to to look at a tree and know that. I mean, a tree is sixty six percent shares its DNA with us, apparently. Yes, I heard which that. Is, which is amazing. It's quite amazing, really. Amazing. Yeah. I know, and it's and once you once you realise that. It's just so obvious that we're all the same thing. I don't see how anybody mm. could uh, dispute it. And mm. um, and if we are, then we all have to take care of each other. And, you know, yeah. um, I don't know. I've got a long way to go with this uh, exploration, but um, um, I, I was I was thrilled to even come across the, the word animist a few years yeah. ago, you know. So yeah. Fantastic. Um, and there's an incredible book, but I can't think of its name. Um, I'll tell you later. That brilliant. It is please, so please helpful. do. Yeah. yeah. Um, talk, talk to me about the Priory. The Priory is a Butley Priory, which is where you are. I'm sure people would like to know about that. It's a 12th century monastery, a priory. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It was an. It was built um, as an Augustinian uh, monastery. In 1170, it was founded, and yeah. uh, most of it's been destroyed by Henry VIII and his merry men in all of uh -huh. that business. The rest, reformation of the monasteries, um, but the gatehouse, which is a bit of a deceptive term because, as you know, it's huge. It's not like a little gatehouse. Yeah. You know, it's called the gatehouse. That remains um, because they. Cromwell and his merry men couldn't be bothered to pull it down and they didn't think they needed to because it wasn't actually um, sacrosanct, you know, it wasn't actually a church, it was oh, yeah, okay, yeah. to a yeah. church. So that's why fortunately it remained and it's just the most beautiful medieval building with um, incredible stone pillars and um, stone vaulted ceilings it's got the, the these amazing stone ceilings called quadripartite vaulting um uh, the wow. best example of it in in the uk um and it's just wonderful great big um rooms with these vaulted ceilings very high and you get a marvelous feeling of space and atmosphere and mm. an actual peace and I just love going in there because you get you get this ah, feeling like that, you know, letting go. Mm -hmm. It's it's a very very special and amazing place. And how long have you been there? I've been here um, 
about 20, I think 30 years now. Yeah. Wow. So okay. Very long time. I brought my children up here and we've had all sorts of uh, mad times. But And always music. There's always, has there always been there's music? There's always there? been always music been? there. And me and my daughters yeah. have always played and danced and sung in there. Yeah. And, and we, I put on these lovely concerts before yes, you know, they, right. everything came to a grinding halt. And I've had absolutely yeah. wonderful people, um, Peter Gregson and the Keys mm-hmm. Brothers, Poppy Aykroyd. I've had incredible people coming down to play. And it's been so nice because it really feels like I'm using the space for... I don't know. It kind of feels like for the reason it was um, yeah. it was built. You know, I mean, yeah. I know it wasn't built as a concert hall, but it was built as somewhere, a part of somewhere that uh, where you can praise God and um, and sing, isn't it? It's about reflecting the voice. Isn't yeah, it? the acoustics are absolutely mm. gorgeous in there, as you know. Yeah. And I want you to come I and do. I want you to come and sing in there as <laughs> soon as we get back to. Yeah, let's do it. That'd be great. That would be yeah. really lovely, Stephen. Yeah. Do do you do you think that you've absorbed uh, on a daily basis the old um, echoes of what was sung in the place over the hundreds of years? Well, I've thought of it. Yes, and I think um, particularly on my first album, I wrote an album. The first one I actually made into a CD is called The Interiors, and it, right. it was um, it was actually made as a kind of catharsis uh, after my or during my divorce it was like pretty heavy heavy times um, mm. and so that was a really healing album for me and um, what did you ask me oh yeah and I've I've got a couple of tracks on there one called Echoes of Yon uh-huh. I think yeah that's right it's called Echoes of Yon because the stone um where, where I was really thinking of, you know, gosh, these walls, all the sounds they have heard, you know, from chanting and amazing, mm-hmm. you know, just hundreds of years of absorbing sound. It's rather fascinating. And um, the stone is beautiful. It's sort of um, beautiful, pale, chalky coloured stone and it comes actually they they, yeah. they brought it over from France because there's no right. stone around here um, in Suffolk so they sailed this stone from a quarry in I'm trying to remember where uh, Brittany somewhere anyway right. and um, yeah. it it came over the the channel and up the little Buckley Creek River that we have near here and right. and they dug actually they dug a channel from the Butley Creek to the bottom of the garden because <laughs> wow. it's so much easier obviously taking it by boat than by yeah. you know carrying it so it's incredible it's got amazing history and I've been so lucky to live here and um, and absorb it and be healed by it actually yeah I think it's it's been yeah. an incredible experience was that we we did you move there from London. We moved there, me and my ex-husband, from more or less from London. Yeah, we rented a house yeah. and we were looking for another house to buy um, and came across this to rent. I don't own it, as I think you know. It's owned by some yeah. um, 
some people who've become great friends, the Greenwells. Yeah. And um, they've kindly let me live here all this time. Yeah. So, yeah, we moved from London. It's just like from the Fulham Road to uh, Suffolk yeah. is like a big, fabulous change. But then I was brought up in the countryside, so I always kind of knew I was going to come back here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, me too. I We've just moved from Hackney to Brighton. So yeah, I see that. How's it we're, going? We're, it's good. It's, I'm glad we moved when we did because, you know, with the coronavirus, we ha- we didn't have a garden in London, but we have a garden here. So Lovely. You know, when you're quarantined with a child, you need a garden. Yes, at least. God you do, absolutely. It, it's a step in the right direction. The grass is plastic. I can hoover it. I'm not, I'm not that into that <laughs> sort of stuff. <laughs> So rather than, you know, walk around with, no, with uh, no shoes on and discharge your energy, you're sort of like getting charged in many ways. But it's, um, yeah. it's a good step. There's honeysuckle. Lovely. You know, we've got, and sky. Yeah, we're, we've got the sky. You can see the stars. There's, there's nothing above me but stars, and I like that. That is really lovely. You know? And there's a lot of music in Brighton too, isn't there? Yeah, it's nice. Amazing It's nice. People. Yeah, we're happy here, you know. Um, at some point, I would like to live in the countryside proper, you know, but... Yeah, I Maybe think you should come and live in Suffolk, actually. Why don't you? Ah, uh, yeah. No, no Suffolk, Suffolk's a fascinating place for me because obviously my uncle lives there. Um, and I think there are three groups of people there. There seems to be people who have trad music in their head walking around the place, then people who have jazz music in their head, and then there are people like you who are doing something completely <laughs> different, you know. But I had, I, I, yeah. for a long time I had this image. Everybody was walking around with trad music in their yeah. hands. And I thought, wow, this is, wow, you know. Yeah. But... I know. Well, that's why I think I, I retreated very much into my uh, own shell with my music um, yeah. because I couldn't find anybody doing anything remotely like what I was doing, which was basically just improvising. So, um, yeah. you know, and that seemed to be... I just definitely couldn't find anybody around here doing it. Or And then um, I did come across... You know, then I started to... It was a big breakthrough. Well, the, I think the biggest, one of the big breakthroughs was hearing Keith Jarrett, you know, that, that amazing Cologne Concerts album. I just thought, wow, mm. I can do that too, you know, which was, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. But then it took me a long time to find anybody that I might know um, who was interested in that sort of thing. And then I was um, really fortunate enough to meet um, Caroline Wiseman, who runs um, the Albury Beach Lookout Tower. Do you know about that? It's um, I have, yeah, I'm aware of it. Yeah, she, yeah. She's great, and it's an art gallery, really, but she yeah. also loves, she recognises music as art, you know, and um, yeah. so she asked me to come and do a residency there, and it's fantastic. You live in this little tower on the beach and um, spend a week there, and the deal is you spend a week there making something new and at the weekend you have to sh- wow. you open the doors and show it to the public so it's like oh. quite a lot of pressure but it's also you know that sort of pressure is really good for me that's what you do isn't it's it? what you, know? you do and you have to do it by sunday is 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 quite great i love that i'd love that challenge you know yeah this, this is where you did this is where you did requiem for a piano isn't it that- yes exactly that that video yeah. yes i did i did that one and then uh, I did another one before that. But the point is that um, also somebody, one of her American um, art clients or somebody, 
I, I can't remember his name, which is a pity, because I'd only like to thank him. And he, after hearing what I did, he said, oh, um, that was absolutely beautiful. I love modern classical music. And up to that point, I hadn't, hadn't heard that term. And I thought, yeah. wow, is that what it is? You know, I mean, that's just what yeah. I've been always doing, you know. But to find that that, that actually now was a genre and a group of people who yeah. did it was, um, was, a, was really a big breakthrough for me. It was fantastic. That's great to have a term for it because it's obviously quite popular now with I know. Yeah, no, and, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Niels Fram and that, you know. Amazing Niels, yeah. He's incredible. So you know Niels, don't you? I do. I mean, uh, I, I do. I had him to stay because <laughs> yeah. I, wow. I got this great, big, amazing house. And um, yeah. before he was quite so enormous, um, I Facebooked him and said, Oh, I see you're playing in Norwich. I think you and your people should come and stay here. I don't think you shouldn't stay in some second-rate holiday inn wow, or something yeah. in Norwich. So um, uh, they said, oh, we'd absolutely love to. There's four of us. And they were so nice and gave us front-row tickets and albums. Wow. And um, then uh, after the concert, we all just jumped in the car and came back, had an amazing dinner and... and uh, the breakfast the next day and then off they off they trucked but you you felt part of something because you had your you had your genre title as well and you were hanging out with people who did exactly that. So yes it's quite I a sh- nice feeling yeah you're right being part feeling part of something is uh, for me a huge um help you know yeah uh, i'm sure you probably feel i don't know do you feel the same or are you happy loaning um it? Oh, I don't. I do feel the same, but it's not something I chase enough. I would say. Right. I think it's a very validating feeling to have that to be part of something. Well, I think but, it is, and I think um, that yeah. you will also find through Instagram has been also amazing for me from that point of view. I've met so many really nice yeah. people who I actually now consider my friends. You know, all musicians who. Um, and, and then it's so much fun when you um, meet them in real life. I went um, uh-huh. to play at this wonderful festival, Ambient Q, in Potsdam, just outside Berlin, with oh, uh, cool. with, wow. with Matthew Pianofield and I went. And um, so much fun, because then I, I met all these people who I'd been talking to on Instagram, and suddenly they're like my best friends, you know. Wow. You'll enjoy it. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's a community thing, isn't it? I'm only starting, as I say, to open up the door now. Yeah. And as I open up the door, there's a lot of people coming in who seem to be really sound. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, good. It's nice to embrace it in a positive way. Yeah. Um, t- talk to me about Matthew Bickerton and the Piano Field Project and right, what yeah. that's done I for know. you. I'm, I'm sad that that's come to a bit of a temporary stop because... Hiatus. Uh, a hiatus, yeah. exactly, because he's... Um, you know, very careful about, well, I mean, obviously, because we can't meet up. We were meeting up once a week and making new music. Yeah. And, but we have got an album all ready to go. He just has to, right. he wants to finish tinkering with it. He's very perfectionistic. And um, he wants to finish tinkering with the production. But um, that's been so much fun and so exciting. And um, we've, he it was marvelous to meet him and find somebody who um we we were just i didn't even know he was into music i was just having a friend took me to dinner with them because i I didn't Mm -hmm. know them and they're relatively new in this part of the world and 
suddenly I heard him talking about Ableton Live and I thought, hang on. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, he isn't a musician. He's, he's a sound record, sound artist, whatever you call it. Um, so yeah. it's been, um, so then we got together and we just thought we'd mess around, you know. And we made some absolutely, I thought, fabulous we thought fabulous music um just from sounds you know he records the wind or a Mm. tree tapping on another tree or whatever and then um morphs them into something fabulous in in ableton and then um that sort of inspires me usually it starts with the sounds and then i uh i just feel like playing and so something comes out of it you know which yeah which has been really fun and then we developed the um solar powered piano you know about that don't you i know about it's it yeah quite fun yeah um so i've got this i had this piano the shell of a grand piano made um yeah out of um what do you call that stuff hardboard or something right or whatever that's very heavy isn't it it can't have been hard yeah anyway i'm not a carpenter but plywood that's probably the stuff yeah um anyway it's marvelous because it is so convincing it not that i'm trying to fool anybody but it's it looks just like a a grand piano it's exactly the same size as my piano in the in the priory and um within it, it it i put my my keyboard and all the electronics and computers and stuff. Um, so it just means I've always loved the idea of being able to play outside. That's why I envy you know, singer-songwriters. You can just go and guitar, sit in the yeah. woods and play. Yeah. Um, but yeah. with the piano, it's way more difficult. And um, a keyboard just doesn't quite visually look the same. And... Um, so we devised this method of what uh, we first did it to to take it and play it on the beach for mm-hmm. uh, an installation but um it it comes to pieces so it all goes in the back of my car quite easily yeah and um it means and, and then the the best thing is that matthew devised the solar panel which fits on the side of the lid of the piano and yeah he's managed to brilliantly make it so that you know we we can power everything we need from the solar panel wow which is which is like environmentally great and um yeah and just such fun on people you know so this is a a lightweight uh uh, solar panel powered system that you can take anywhere in nature and sit down and then absorb nature and be inspired to improvise based upon where you are exactly exactly and it was just wow. so much fun, I think. And then for it, we took it to um, Latitude a couple of years ago, and we were, yeah. we were given that was so the, the synchronicity, which is another subject we could talk about, um, mm-hmm. is incredible. We were given the sunrise stage, and we'd just written this song, which is one of my favourites, called Sun, and we played on Sunday. Uh, with our solar-powered piano, and it was a heat wave, so it was like all about the sun and the energy. And uh, oh wow, um, it was fantastically good fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, in doing what he does, which is take the sounds of nature and create something again, bringing this voice of nature and allowing you to lay stuff over the top. You did something called uh, sea trees, was it? 
Yes, that's that's what I did with uh, with Matthew. Yes, um, that's in fact yeah. that's the first installation that we did. Um, right. Uh, these were these were tall. I don't know what they sort of acoustically uh, uh, amplifying. No, devices. actually, no, they weren't. They do look like that. You're right. Um, in fact, the, right. the trees were yeah. amazing tall sculptures made by um, Matthew's wife, who's an amazing artist, Pauline Beckerton. Uh-huh. And yeah. she made the, the she had the concept of the trees, um, you know, on the beach, which obviously mm. is an unusual concept to start with. And um, that sort of was all part of the same inspiration for bringing nature and the sound of the wind and the trees into our music. Yeah. yeah. So he would then record nature at the time. Was it alive? Yeah. Was the wind creating sound and turning into beats using Ableton Live? Exactly that. For you to play over? Yes, exactly that. Yeah. So oh. it was quite, it was quite uh, spontaneous, a lot of it. And actually on yeah. that, on that gig, for some reason, we had... Um, we had to come up with something every day. That's right, yeah. It was a few years ago, so yeah. I'm just trying to remember. But we did the deal that I think we probably <laughs> made rather optimistically was to do a performance every night at six o'clock mm-hmm. on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did. We had to literally record something, come up, come up with something, which we quite yeah. often did just actually there and then on, as we were yeah. there. And it was unbelievably windy. It was yeah. freezing cold and very windy. But, um, yeah. That was. And you're, you're so you're sitting there playing the piano based upon also, I suppose, the people who are in the audience and yes. the energy they give you as well. Exactly, getting a lot of uh, reaction. That's what I love, just responding to the environment, whatever's going on. And as you say, mm. the environment in your head and the environment outside. Uh, it's very powerful. So in this in this instance, and in many of the instances where you find yourself, you're holding space with nature, using music as the device to hold space with people at the same time. Yes. I in a sort of shamanic way, you know. I suppose you're right, yes. I hadn't really thought of the idea of holding space, but that is what, what we do, what I'm doing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I, Because I think there's something, we talked about this before, there's something amazing interesting about um, immediate music about improvising mm. you know about about the music warts and all that comes just without thinking mm. just right straight away you know mm-hmm. and um, it it has a different energy to anything that you recreate um, and actually when I'm learning when I'm sort of relearning my my set for performance and stuff I'm always I'm sure you are trying to get back to that initial magic yeah. of that moment when it yeah. all first came together you know and I think that that's how you record isn't it that's, that's how I record yes record and go. so it's fantastic to be able to do that but then to recreate yeah. it for performance is um, is another art but um, yeah but again like like the finishing stuff it's kind of um, good because it shows that you value your it shows you yourself that you value yourself and all that business but yeah and it's not it's nice to have to learn your own song you know in some ways well you do yeah you totally do exactly but there's um another amazing guy who because there's not much written or i can't find much about improvisation when you go on 
if you Google it, you get what most people think of about from improvisation is people improvising on jazz chords and stuff, which is a mm -hmm. completely different process. Um, so maybe improvisation isn't the right word. Maybe it's more um, receiving or channeling or mm. something like that. But um, yeah. there's this guy called Kenny Werner. Have you come across him? I think no, you'd be very interesting, so. interested in him. He's a yeah. um, an older guy, brilliant jazz musician as well. But he, th when he talks yeah. about improvisation, he means what you and I mean by it. And he's written this book called Effortless Mastery. Ah, see, I know that book. Do you? Yeah. Do you? I have that book somewhere, actually, yes. Oh, well, I'd recommend digging it out. It always makes me feel great. I love it, you know. Yeah. Um, so this is the this is exactly what we're talking about what you described as channeling mm. that's why this podcast is called tapping the flow because i personally think that creative energy is flowing around us at all times and at some points we can grab into it right and extract a song from it or something yeah and the bet the better you get at channeling the, the more spontaneously brilliant your stuff will be you know i couldn't agree with you more and that's why i love the title of your um of this podcast as well right but it's such a great idea isn't it actually i hadn't thought of that that it's flying past us like the wind all the time it, yeah um it's great and i think um I mean, I'm completely convinced that if you can somehow tap it or channel it or catch it, mm. or and, and it's not really that because it's more like allowing it, isn't it? It's more like you have to allow it. Yeah. it. You can't chase it. No. You have to sort of be, befriend it. You do. It, you, know? you do. Yeah. Exactly. And um, whether you make a cake or a garden or a piece of music or a painting or anything it doesn't matter as long as as long as you're because no. that's I think why um, we feel so great when we when we do that because we've got that energy running through us like directly through mm. us so it makes us feel like um, it makes me a nicer person it makes me feel like um, I'm sure I've said this to you before but you know how you're supposed to feel when you come out of church like full of mm. goodwill to all men and um, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Well, I don't usually, I don't go to church anymore, but when I did, I didn't usually come out feeling like that. I came out <laughs> full of argumentative, like, oh, yeah. crossness. Um, <laughs> but when I am allowing in a bit of this creativity and making a bit of something... Um, yeah, then I, I feel so, I go out and hello, and how lovely to see you all, and I could love the yeah. whole world, you know. Music is your church, and everybody's invited, you know. That's so nice, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I do, I think, I think of it as, for, for me, it's about connecting with myself and then offering that forwards to other people as well, which is... It's quite taxing on the self sometimes, you know. I think I feel guilty about putting this stuff out there for other people. But I think with instrumental music, it's I find it much easier to do that because yeah, it can be easier to commune with nature itself and, and bring forth from that and offer it to people in a way that's acceptable to all, you know. Yeah, well, I really admire singer-songwriters because it is a lot more uh, vulnerable-making in a way. Um, your, your voice, mm. your words, it's like you're mm. completely exposed <laughs> um, 
Whereas maybe I can hide a little bit more through via the instrument. I, I don't know, but I really admire people who use the, the words and their voice to to yeah. do the same thing. But yeah, but it is all the same thing. And um, yeah, the the um, recognizing the absolutely supreme importance of of that because it's it's so mm-hmm. marginalized, isn't it? Like. Well, it always has been in my, well, in in general culture that making uh, creativity is marginalised. It's something you do, you know, when you've got time, when yeah. uh, when the house is yeah. quiet, when uh, yeah. when you've paid your bills, when there's nothing else to do. Um, mm. But it, I think, I've had to learn that for me, it has to actually be the other way around. When when I'm busy when I haven't paid my bills, uh, when I'm overwhelmed, what I need to do is sit down and yeah. allow, uh, allow that rush through me. And, th- and then I'll be able good, to deal with it, you know. Yeah, I feel, and I, and I feel, you know, on the same sort of note as that, I think that creativity is something that anybody and everybody should be able to, Absolutely. to achieve. To Everybody must be born with the same uh, it's a ability. It's birthright, creative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, creating your children is one massive thing and right, and that yeah. does that takes a lot of the create i don't know for me i i found that that period when i was bringing up my small children well i didn't really know about this stuff then you know i did always yeah. play but it was a bit marginalized and only when i had time you know and uh, if i was doing that again i think i'd try and do it the other way around but the good thing is I did realise in time and um, and I've taught my my girls that and as you know they're mm. they're both totally embracing um, their own creativity yeah which is and, and also healing through their music as well right I think it's a very much it's a thing yeah it's a thing for you now isn't it yeah yeah it's great it's great we're so lucky to know all this really I know yeah um, and I, what, what was it like Sorry, it was. What was it like? What was it like for you? Because you used to work with David Bowie, is that right? Is that you had a period? Oh, well, I did you? for a short period. Yes, exactly. I worked for a company yeah. called Gem Music, which is uh, mm-hmm. my first ever job in um, London when I was about seventeen. Yeah, and um, I, it, was, it was completely ridiculous. I had nothing to do. <laughs> I had nothing at all to do except sit there looking, uh, you know pretty or amazing and I, I used to make my own clothes in those days and cool. you know wear quite outrageous stuff and they just liked having me sitting there I think but it was so boring and the right. only only fun times um, were when David and Angie came in and they would immediately crack jokes and tease me and I would be right. covered in confusion but um you know it was great fun wow it was great fun that's a that's a strange baptism as a 17 year old into that world isn't it you know, <laughs> know. wow <laughs> so you'd come from the countryside and that was it that, yeah you know. and that was it and um I, I, you know because I, I knew i was um obsessed with music but it never yeah. dawned on me that i could actually be be a be a musician myself really it was mm. although i obviously was one never dawned on me there just wasn't anybody as a prototype and I couldn't couldn't see how I could fit in to what was going on then at the time I was way too shy anyway you know I was a really shy uh, girl and um, right 
And so I thought, well, I'll get a job. Somebody offered, you know, a friend of a friend's elder sister worked in this in this company, and they they said they could get me a job. So I thought, well, that'd be great. At least I'll make some money, you know. Yeah. Um, so that was that was really fun meeting meeting him. Uh, I liked mm. him a lot. He was just so funny. He was hilarious. Yeah. You know? Always teasing, cracking jokes, oh. not taking life seriously. You know, which was great. <clears throat> yeah, and and obviously a phenomenally creative and constantly evolving uh, producer of music as yeah, well, David Bowie. Amazing, yes, absolutely. Yeah, always himself, always changing, a chameleonic statue yeah. of himself. Yes, you know? he's a real, real inspiration, and I loved how uh, he. I don't know. He sort of was always reinventing himself, exactly, and. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I think that's that's great Good to to be given. You know, we can all do that. You know, we can suddenly. Mm. I think, I think to be constantly reinventing one's life is a is a good thing. You know, not mm. being stuck. And now I'm in my sixties. I've got to do this, that, and the other. What I've always done. You know, mm. um, and to to realize that you could, you know, you can go wherever. Yeah, well, absolutely, because you in your musical journey now, you seem to be more fearless than you ever were before because of the way you're incorporating electronic stuff into your music and using it as a new textured inspiration for yourself. Is this the best musical time for you in your life so far as a musician, creator? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Right. I just think it's absolutely wonderful to um, be able to... I love programs like Ableton and Logic stuff and all these plugins it's just so magical to be able to because my I'm all about the sound if I get if I hear an inspiring sound then you know that's what sets me Mm. off and actually as a kid um well you were probably the same but I used to always have music in my head always Mm. even though there was Mm -hmm. none at home I don't know where I got it from really but um it used to be orchestras mostly and I'd um I used to go riding on my pony on my own for long periods and um, hear all this fabulous music in my head and I used to think how can I um, I wish I could do something with that when I get home so I'd get home and try and remember maybe the tune on on the piano but it didn't sound anything like what it was sounding in my head And, and now you literally can actually make it sound like what you had going on in your head yeah. which is incredible I love technology yeah. I think it's fantastic I wish I was kind of like a bit more better at it but I'm getting better every day I, you sound like it's serving you very well thank you, you know? uh, and you are in control of it rather than the other way around which is what can happen with technology sometimes we become a slave to it which is yeah I suppose people do way. yeah mm. because they do um, I haven't worked out I'm not very good at beats and right. I quite like to, you know I don't want to get into dance music myself at the moment but um, I'm <sighs> quite interested in in rhythms and different sounds creating beats and stuff so yeah so yeah my next it's, it's tricky with Ableton because if you start using the beats that are there it just sounds so generic and unusable yes I've tried anyway. it sounds absolutely yeah Really it's rubbish. a joke, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I must listen to your stuff, uh, your new stuff. I, I need to hear it. Well, today I'm going to be working on a song that has no guitar whatsoever in it, and it's just 
I used some loops and reversed them and chopped stuff up and uh, made a beat out of some weird stuff. Uh, I'm going to set a video to it, so I'll send it to you later on. And sing it. You sing. It's got singing on it. Yeah, yeah, there's singing on there. Oh, I'd love voice. to hear it. Well, you yeah, just yeah. put it on Instagram. Exactly. It'll be up on Instagram. Yeah, that's our new hangout place, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. I look forward to it. It's absolutely great. So what's next on the horizon for you now? Your album has been released. Um, yeah, um, and people have been really nice about it. And, you know, we got it going on some playlists. So let's sort of see yeah. <coughs> what happens. And um, I'm afraid the next is just more music. You know, I'm already yeah. halfway through another album. But um, what's different I think and more fun for me is I'm now working with um, more with other people um, I've got a f- amazing friend called Cedric Vermeule who's a be- beautiful composer um, mm-hmm. and he lives in the Netherlands I mean this this corona thing has really made me for one realize that I don't need to be alone here in Suffolk in the wilderness you know well in fact the beauty is I can be alone here in the wilderness and Mm. also connect with somebody in in Gotland or the Netherlands or wherever they are in the world you know just the way we're doing this now so um, I've um, I, I realized that I've got all this music and the production side of it is what's holding... The finishing is what's holding me up, you know. That's always yeah. been my thing, the finishing. So I've uh, asked for help and he's um, just finished um, kind of mixing and also putting a little... D- just finishing amazing magic touches uh, in, yeah. into one of my new tracks and I'm going to be working with him more. Um and then I'm doing another one, which I'm very excited about at the moment, which is no electronics, and it's more like for a string quartet. I can't believe it. Well, actually, it is all electronics because I'm using Spitfire, um, fabulous Albion yeah. um, strings and all that stuff. But um, yeah. it would be wonderful to one day actually... I've never worked with string quartet. I don't know how to write yeah. music, you know. But I'm working with yeah. another guy called Richard Helgren, who's also a beautiful composer in Sweden. And um, he, he's going to write out the parts, you know. And, oh, wow. Um, and, wow. And, you know, then we could, we could get some... There's your promo video. Get the string quartet into Botley Priory. Record it there. You know, it's going to be a beautiful thing. You made a little documentary. It'd be amazing. <laughs> okay, good idea. Yeah, I might do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm loving this collaboration idea. It's something I should be doing more of myself. You know, I think it's the way forward. It, well, it is, and I have to had to sort of slightly force myself into it. But now I'm, I'm into it. I'm, I'm really seeing the benefits. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, maybe we Will should you do be something. Live? What? We, I, look, I think we should do something definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. we can do something by distance or whatever. Yeah, you know? that would be fun. Yeah, I'll think about we it. We can discuss that. Great plan. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Are you going to be playing live at all soon? Is that something you can do? I'd really like to. Um, I've been asked to do something up north. These amazing... There's a guy called Simeon Walker who runs um, a series of concerts called the Brudenell Sessions. Yeah, um, I've heard of them. Uh, which are really beautiful. And he's asked me to play... Um, 
But I think it's going to be postponed. I think it was last set yeah. for August, and then it's going to be. But you know, as soon as it opens up again, yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm at the ready. Good, brilliant. Well, look, it's been fantastic to talk to you, Francis. Um, you it's too, been very eye-opening, and I hope you've enjoyed the conversation. I've loved um, it. Thank you so much for asking me. That's a real pleasure. That's a real pleasure. I'll put up some links at the end of this, and uh, people can find your music and watch your videos. Cool. Thank you okay. very much. That's a pleasure. Keep in touch. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. That is another episode of Tapping the Flow. I think we're on episode um, five or something like that. I'm, I'm starting to get to grips, <laughs> to grips with what I'm doing here. Um, I, I just absolutely loved that one. You know, that, that, that speaking to Francis has made me remember um, how much I myself love to experiment with sounds and things and and I, actually after that podcast finished I dove back into this thing I'd been making a few months ago that actually there wasn't even a guitar in it there was nothing it's just it was, a, it was some reversed samples and beats made out of weird stuff and and I've rebirthed it and it's it's been so powerful to remember that music is not limited to the instrument on which you play that is merely a means to convey the idea um, and being in touch with other elements around you will bring so much creativity into your essence. So I hope that you found this one inspiring. Um, I advise anybody to pick up a ball, bounce it off a wall, record the sounds of that, reverse that a little bit, and then scream into a microphone, reverse that, drop it down an octave, and away you go. And see where you get to, because there is such a power in making music that... It transcends, as I've just, I've probably said this, it transcends the instrument. It just makes us so free to, to express ourselves. Um, please do head on over to francisshelley.com and take a listen to her amazing new album. Take a look at the things she's done, the people she's worked with, and absorb that, that Suffolk vibe. Um, and go check out Butley Priory if you ever get a chance. There are some wonderful shows on there, and that is a very special building as well. There are some photographs on this particular blog page and listen everybody cheers again uh, i tell you what i'm really looking forward to these doing more of these now i'm getting into the swing of it uh, it's a great way to meet people when you're quarantined and all that as well um so yeah i wish you all a fantastically creative time moving forwards in life uh, remember have fun experiment be wild be free and tap your own flows cheers bye-bye